coming up. That voice that we hear in our head, you have to ignore it and think, I am deep inside a really kind, solid person who's struggling. Come on, tell me how many times have you had a tough day and just dived into social media or zoned out in front of the TV? Well, we're going to talk about why that doesn't help whatsoever and what you can do to take care of your own mental well-being. Digital learning that's dramatically different. Welcome to this TED Learning Podcast. One of the themes that have popped up, Mandy, about your book, Being Rock, is that you can't be a rock for somebody unless you're being a rock for yourself, and that's really important. You know, if you're one of these people that people come to for help and advice, that can almost chip away a bit, can't it, about your rock. You can almost be weighed down by it all. Talk about self-care and what that actually means. I have to admit that I have not been great in the past at my self-care, Darren. So I literally had to learn it. And I think we do have to take responsibility to learn it almost like you're prepared to go to the gym and do the workout. Well, you have to do the workout with self-care too. You have to put the time in and give it the attention it needs People who care do not burn out because they care. They burn out because they don't replenish themselves. And I was as guilty as that as anyone. For me, a huge part of the journey of being a rock for others has actually taught me how to be a rock for myself. So one of the things I realised about self-care is we have to do authentic self-care. We talked about how to be present authentically. Well, we have to do self-care in the same way because when somebody says to us, oh, you'll feel better if you go for a run and you think, oh my God, I'd rather have my eyes poked out, then then that's not your self-care. Your self-care may be completely different. Your self-care may be Gardening, I think you would probably agree with that one, Darren, that being out in the garden is a big thing for many people. Other people's self-care will be running, will be climbing trees, will be doing mad things that other people would think, oh, no way I'm doing that. But we have to find what it is that really lights us up. And then the other thing is we have to actually do it. So knowing the thing isn't self-care. Self-care is actually going out and actually making sure that you do do that thing. And I suppose if we have busy lives, if we're working and we're dealing with colleagues who have problems and we're helping them and then we've got to do our own work and time just goes and all of a sudden it's six, seven o'clock because we've worked later than we should do. It's very hard, isn't it, to motivate yourself to do that self-care, but it's really important. What are the consequences of not looking after ourselves? I suppose the consequences are you end up like me and burn out and then you can't do your job effectively at all you know I had to stop volunteering with people at end of life because I just couldn't go in I was just exhausted mentally and physically because it takes such a toll and let's be honest we all talk about the effect of mental health on our brains but the effect of stress on our bodies is huge too we have to make the time but there's this really interesting thing I read a book by Rachel Hollis who said that in order to do her self-care she made an unbreakable vow And that vow had to be unbroken that she would, for her, go running every day regardless. So if she got to the end of the day and it's 10 o'clock at night and she hadn't run, she put her shoes on and went running. So I, at the beginning of the first lockdown, did an unbreakable vow. I was in um, a low part of self-care at that point. And my self-care was I would spend a half an hour every day, cup of tea, book and then meditate. And I've kept to it. 
And the great thing is you're not then letting yourself down. You're immediately telling your brain now, I am as important as everyone else because I am giving myself this time. And for your own mental well-being, that's huge because suddenly you're changing how you're thinking about yourself. You're actually thinking, I'm worth this time. You are worth this time. It's really important. What tends to happen, however, is that we confuse two things. We confuse self-care with numbing. And that was a big learning curve for me. So my numbing would be, I would feel low, so I would lose myself in Twitter land. I'd sit and scroll on the phone through Twitter. Or, you know, when you hop through Netflix or whatever it is, have a glass of wine, that'll be okay. You know it's numbing when you can't really taste the wine and you're not really interested in what's on your newsfeed on your phone. But actually all you're doing is you're giving yourself a moment where you don't think. Now, that's okay when we're really stressed, having a period when we don't think is a good thing. But if that is your self-care, it isn't going to work because I never felt any different coming out of numbland to when I was going in. Self-care, you feel different after you've done it. And that's the difference. So yes, still go on Facebook if that really lights you up. But if you actually think all that's doing is just numbing, then maybe that time would be better spent doing whatever really will make you feel alive and different and shift your brain. So give us some suggestions then on how we can rock our own self-care. A, obviously do whatever it is that makes you very happy and don't feel guilty about it. You are worth it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And also teach the people around you that your self-care is worth it because then that gives them permission to do theirs. In our house, we have do your own thing time and we have that every Saturday for an hour and everybody gets to do their own thing and nobody's allowed to interrupt them and it's great full permission Saturday morning for self-care and it doesn't matter what everyone does as long as they're not interrupted so I know I've got an hour I could just sit and meditate and nobody's going to come in and go mom none of that's going to happen so that's huge the other thing is I made a list of who my rock crew are So that was really interesting. Who are the people in your life that you talk to work about? Who are the people in your life that you talk about your sports and your hobbies? Who are people that share the same belief systems as you? Who are the people that make you laugh? For all the women out there, who are the people that make you feel like you're 20 again? Or maybe if you're listening to this and you are 20, I'm so glad for you. (laughs) (laughs) Who are the people that lift you? Who are the people that really hear you when you're sobbing your heart out? Who are the people that will hug you when you need to be hugged? Make a list. And then once you've got your list of who are those people, are there any people on that list that you don't see? Now, obviously, I know it's lockdown, tricky at the moment. My mate Pete, who always makes me feel like I'm still 20, because that's when we met, who always makes me laugh and tells me to get over myself in the nicest, loveliest way. But if I was struggling in a place where I'm so dark that I don't want somebody to make me laugh and make you a few jokes, I can't expect Pete to be that rock at that moment. But I have other rocks 
that I can rely on. So know who your rock crew are, know what they're good for and know who to call in each situation. Don't expect everybody, especially our partners, to be all things. Big skill that we need to learn is just to ask. And, and luckily, I think it's going, but there's so much machismo, isn't there, in management? And to ask seems to be a sign of weakness. How important is it to ask for professional help when we need it? I think it is really important to A, ask your colleagues your friends, your family for help when you need it to start off with or to it tell them that you're struggling, be honest. And I taught a group of teenagers and one of them said to me, I really like this idea of being rock because I don't have to say anything other than to my mum, can you rock me? So she said, I like the use of the word, it makes it easier. Self-care is about realising that you are so worth it that you are a really, really important person. And when we are low and our mental health is struggling, we don't necessarily feel that. We feel like we're not pulling away to whatever we have in our head that keeps going round and saying, oh, I should be stronger, I should buck up, whatever that is, that voice that we hear in our head, you have to ignore it and think, uh-uh, no, actually, I am deep inside a really kind solid person who's struggling and if I ask for help then I could maybe move into a place where I could feel happy again and feel in control again so I've been quite honest over social media so and you know as well Darren that I was an alcoholic and I called the Samaritans three times during that period where I was realising that my drinking had become a significant problem. They put me in touch with AA and then eventually I found a really, really great therapist. She said to me the best thing anybody could ever say to someone. She said, you don't drink, Mandy, because you thought, oh, it would be a great idea to become an alcoholic. You drank because it made you feel better. When we're friends and colleagues or partners of other people, what can we look out for in others if we think they're numbing and they may not realise it. Yeah, that's a huge one, isn't it? Because part of the journey to getting ourselves better is that we have to take our own responsibility for that. And the person that got me on the road to recovery actually was somebody who was incredibly kind, a dear friend of mine, Julie. And she said, oh, do you know, you are the loveliest person when you're drunk, but I love you even more when you're sober. That's lovely, isn't it? That's a lovely thing to say. Yeah. And she was the one that said, what can we do? What can I do to help you? Do you want to do something about this now? Yeah, kindness, empathy, compassion, I guess, to people. I would say to anybody who's listening now that's struggling in any way and thinks actually I could do with a bit of professional help, reach out and don't feel that if you're not a match for whoever is the therapist that's helping you, don't think, oh, it doesn't work. Try again. Try someone else. Because it took me three therapists before I found the lady that turned my life around. And actually what's interesting is I only went for four sessions with her. That's all I needed because we were such a match that she got right to the core of it. And at the end of it said, right, up to you now. I've done what I can do to help you through this period, but it's up to you now. We are in more enlightened times now. And thank goodness the stigma is going. What are the things people should be searching for if they want to get 
professional help for their own mental well-being? You know, the best thing you can do is to just pick up that phone and go on Google and type in what you're feeling, what you're, you think naming your issue is, whether it's stress, whether it's some addictive behaviour, whether it's numbing, whether you're not sleeping. And you will be amazed at what you get back. And then choose something that feels right. Choose something that's got a helpline. There are loads of helplines out there. And I have to say, if you don't know where to start and you're feeling very desperate one night, I cannot rate the Samaritans highly enough. They were utterly amazing. But they know all the helplines for particular problems and they put you in touch with people. And what's great is they'll sit there and they'll listen to you and they're amazing rocks. And then they'll just say at the end, would you like somebody to call you back tomorrow? They just take care of you. If you don't know where to start, start there. But if you can be brave enough, tell your work colleague, tell your boss, tell your partner, because suddenly all around you, you realise that people care about you. And it can be very lonely when you're lost in burnout or lost in struggle and you forget how much people really do care about you. Mandy Priest, thank you very much, Mandy, for chatting to us today. Mandy has her book, Being Rock. It's available on Amazon. Yeah. You can buy a physical copy, actual paper and everything. Yeah, and an e-book. Yeah. And you can download it too. So have a look at that. It's called Being Rock and it's by Mandy Priest. Thank you very much, Mandy, for chatting to us today. Thank you, Darren. It's been really lovely. And you can hear all of our chats with Mandy Priest on our website, podcast.tedlearning.co.uk, or you can get it from all good podcasts podcast platforms.